Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and I am joined once again by Canada's hardest working economist, Chief Economist at RBC Global Asset Management, Eric Lascelles. Eric, welcome back. Thank you. We also have your dogs with us, just so everyone knows. Yeah, we've got, uh, we, we, uh, as I think I mentioned on a, on a previous uh, podcast, uh, my, my wife does uh, rescue dogs and uh, we've, got, uh, we've got 22 dogs in the house right now. Uh, 17 puppies and so they uh, when they get hungry they'll uh, they'll appear in the background uh, so, uh, so so I apologize for that and, uh, and and hopefully it doesn't interrupt some of the uh, incredibly important information that Eric is going to share with us this morning uh, because speaking about hard working a uh, couple of good job reports uh, one coming out of the US a week ago out of Canada today uh, Eric, what are, what are your thoughts on um, some, some pretty strong numbers, I guess, particularly Canada? Yeah, well, Canada's is just out, at least as we're talking. And so 230,000 net new jobs for the month of June. And so it's a big number, obviously. You can get, keep in mind, this is Canada, where maybe 20,000 would be a normal number pre-pandemic. But it's really important, I think, though, because keep in mind, this is June data. April and May were bad. Canada's had a rough couple of months here. The country was broadly locked down and there were a lot of jobs lost in April. There were some additional jobs lost in May. People weren't sure if that would happen or not. It did. And so uh, we didn't quite fully get all of those lost jobs back in June, but we came pretty close. Like it's within a couple, you know, a couple tens of thousands of jobs in terms of recovering those losses. So it's certainly a welcome thing. Uh, I think if you wanted to poke holes in it, you could say, well, it's mostly part-time, but there's a reason for that, which is that it's the the mostly part-time sectors that are the ones that are coming back now as, as the economy reopens. And so I think that's that's tolerable and understandable, certainly. And it's it's nice to see a seven handle on that unemployment rate again. And we'd like to get into the sixes and maybe we'll be lucky enough to get into the high fives, which is where we did uh, flirt with before the pandemic. But uh, nevertheless, some progress there as well. And so I would say from that perspective, just a relief that the Canadian economy is indeed growing enthusiastically again in June after having stumbled. We were pretty sure that was going to happen based on the reopenings we can see around us and based on some real-time data we've seen that have small businesses saying that they're much more open in June relative to May. But I'll, I'll still take a good data report when I get one. And you, know, you mentioned the U.S. numbers. And so they were a week ago, so not brand new, but still very important and also big numbers. So 850,000 new jobs there that also exceeded uh, the consensus as it did for Canada. And so just consistent with that country also, you know, it's already pretty close to back on its feet, I think, and never really locked down that much in April and May, but still happy to see some good numbers there and you know, work to be done. There's still four or five million jobs that need to be absorbed to get back to a, a normal place in the U.S., but uh, they're working pretty fast on that. And it's notable that in the month of June, a lot of the enhanced unemployment benefits in the U.S. started to uh, erode and go away on a state-by-state -state basis. And so when we get the July numbers, I would think we could also see a pretty pretty happy-looking figure as people get nudged back into the labor market. So, so some, some, some good news on that front. And, uh, and, and then if I, if I think about the different podcasts that, that we've been taping with yourself and Stu Kedwell and others from, uh, from, uh, from, from around the world, uh, you know, a lot of the noise that we've heard in financial media and even in more, more broadly in the, in the general media conversation uh, has been around inflation, rapid economic growth. We're seeing it in the jobs numbers. You go outside, uh, you know, I, I, I live in the Toronto area. Uh, I'm in traffic jams again uh, when, when I go out driving because people are, are out and about. Yet I look at treasury yields 
the the U.S. Treasury, uh, you know, peaked out about uh, around one and three quarters earlier this year and dropped down almost to one and a quarter yesterday. Is that saying anything to us? I think it's reflecting a few changes of thinking in the market. And so the market is becoming maybe a little more concerned on the growth front. And so not at all disputing the, the recent happy job numbers, but just thinking that there's probably some deceleration of growth over the second half of the year, which I agree with, by the way, that inevitably there's going to be a bit less growth, particularly for the U.S., given how much it's grown, how, how, how close it is to normal already. Uh, you know, central banks perhaps tightening and takes a little out of the punch bowl there. Uh, and then inflation fears, I think, have faded a little bit, which to my eye is a wonderful thing because we've all been a bit nervous about that. And it you know, would be problematic if inflation stayed quite high. And so I'm quite content that the market is becoming a little less nervous. And we've seen commodity prices maybe balance out a little and a few other sources of pressure also ease slightly with a big print, by the way, next week. So we'll see what that reveals, but pr probably in a, in a peaking process as well for U.S. CPI. Uh, people have also said there's a lot of cash sloshing around. And so some of that is finding its way or found its way into bond yields. And so I don't think it's an overly sinister set of reasons for why yields are down. I, I will say it seemed to us that yields were probably too high before. So we were we felt they were a little high before. As I look at them now, maybe they're a little too low again. I still feel fine about the growth outlook. But the funny thing is we're pretty much in line with the consensus growth outlook. So I don't have a great dispute with what the market is thinking. And when you price in what the market is thinking, it's still quite good growth for the rest of the year. So the idea that growth is slowing I agree, uh, and yet, to, you know, per, in a perfectly reasonable way, and not in one that's that's problematic, and maybe even in a way that's desirable to the extent we don't want inflation to overheat and all sorts of unhappy uh, central bank tightening surprises. And so, uh, I guess I feel okay about the situation right now. Maybe yields have fallen a little bit too much. Would be would be my takeaway. But we still think this is a structurally low interest rate environment, and probably will be for the rest of our careers, Dave. So, uh, not not expecting that basic uh, central feature to change. I, 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 I think you just called me old, which is which is fair. But uh, the the the, uh, the 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 pandemic and and so we're we're hearing about the the delta now the lambda variant. Um, do, do you think that's playing at all into this? You know, rethinking of growth and 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 what's going on with with yields. I think maybe to an extent. Now, let me say we fully expected this Delta variant to, to, to bloom in an unfortunate way uh, for quite some time. So it's not a surprise to us. I don't think it's a huge surprise to many market trackers, but it's it's now in focus. And so we can say, for instance, the U.S. infection numbers do now seem to be going up. Like more than half of U.S. states are, are, are seeing a deterioration and so on. Uh, not ideal. There's, by the way, a fighting chance Canada avoids that just because it's vaccinating at this point more quickly. It's hard to get a, a perfect read on that. Uh, I, but I would say this, I'm not convinced the Delta variant is going to have a big effect on developed world economic growth and ultimately sustainably on markets. I, I would say maybe on emerging markets, they're the ones that aren't vaccinated and encountering this more contagious variant. It wouldn't surprise me if there were some knock on economic effects there. But from a developed world perspective, I'm not really expecting the U.S. to lock down in any significant way. I think you're going to see infections go up. I don't know that you're going to see fatalities go up a lot in the sense that we are seeing some decoupling of the infections and fatalities just because there has been a pretty decent level of inoculation, particularly for the most vulnerable people. And so I, I think policymakers probably mostly hold their nose and don't lock down in a big way that the UK has been a guide for us as an example. And so they've seen, unfortunately, quite a jump in infections. So that's the bad news side of the Delta variant. What they did, though, is they just essentially delayed reopening for a month. They never really locked down further. Uh, they're insisting they're going to open further in the next 
few weeks. And actually, some of the projections say they may see more infections, double or quadruple infections as a result, but but arguably a tolerable level of fatalities, whatever that is. And so, uh, again, from an economic standpoint, I don't know that we're going to see a big hit. We've budgeted for just a little dip uh, based on people behaving a bit more cautiously later in the summer, but I'm not expecting a, a big lockdown. And so uh, I, I guess the, the pandemic discussion and the economic discussion starting to separate a little bit. And 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 sort of keep you on uh, a, a little bit longer than usual, but just uh, you know, out of interest, as as you look around the world at uh, at the progress that we're making with respect to vaccinations, um, and you, you already referenced the, the the developed world and the difference in in the emerging markets, um, are, are you comfortable with the progress of of how things are how things are are going with vaccination uh, from an economic perspective, and is is is, is there a potential risk? there from from big big population sets that are that are have fallen behind on the vaccination right yeah um i i mean gee i i'm mixed on that it's a great question therefore not a simple answer i guess okay. and so uh you know vaccine hesitancy is quite a problem in the u.s in particular like it seems like almost half the population doesn't want to get inoculated that is not herd immunity and so uh therefore we are very likely to see that delta variant or whatever comes after it to, to rise with with consequences for those who who've made that choice, who have been unable for whatever reason to be vaccinated. Uh, you know, the Delta variant is so contagious that you arguably need like 90% plus of the population to be inoculated to have a completely normal life. If you've heard an 80 to 85% number, that's actually probably the percentage of the population that has to be immune. But of course, not every dose is 100% effective. And so you, you need even more. And that's not even possible right now since children aged 12 and under, or under 12 aren't eligible. And so they represent, you know, 10% plus of the population. Like, there's no mathematical way to get to perfect herd immunity without some natural uh, infections or herd immunity being achieved naturally on the side. And so I would say right now, we're going to probably have to see some restrictions, but I think they're going to be very limited though. Like I think if, if, if it's as simple as you wear a mask when you're on a subway, uh, or maybe we don't shake hands quite as much as we used to, or, or subtle things like that might just be enough if you can get to that 75% mark, which a country like Canada seems to be more or less on its, on its way to. But uh, you know, the key is to get the second doses in because that Delta is pretty sneaky around the first dose. Uh, and then simultaneously just really trying to get overall uh, acceptance uh, up because, uh, you know, 60 isn't good enough. And the U.S. is seemingly stalling out on that kind of trajectory the 75 kind of number in Canada is pretty darn good globally, but also arguably not good enough to be nice to get it even higher. So that does have me somewhat concerned. But again, I think the economic consequences this time will be pretty limited just because we're getting so good at doing things in the economy without those restrictions. We are getting around restrictions, essentially. And so I, I, I'm not expecting big economic damage, but I can't say the pandemic's completely done at the same time. Well, that's I, I guess economically that's uh, that's okay. Let's hope from a health standpoint that uh, that that things can continue to move forward because uh, I think uh, I think everyone uh, is, uh, is 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 it's done with this pandemic, and uh, it would be uh, it would be nice to get a little bit back to normal. So, uh, Eric, as always, uh, great stuff. Uh, always great to catch up with you, and uh, and thanks for your time today. Thanks so much. Bye, everybody. Thank you.